This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. As human beings, we assign important values to place. Some of the first items of information we exchange are where we're from, where we live currently, and where we go to work or school. People who know me know I am a fan of swamp monsters. Now, there are many reasons for this, but one of them is the idea of where those monsters come from. It's in the name, Swamp Monsters. The word itself conjures up images of a dangerous, scary location that harbors dark secrets and powerful, silent creatures. And that's just the first word. Add the word monster, and you get a nice combination of terror as the imaginary horror of a monster is hitched to the real-world dread of the place. But if there was ever a place that deserves the connotations of fear, of terror, of horror, of dread, it's a cemetery. The final resting place of those who have passed on before us, it's a place where we both honor the dead and the lives that they lived, and fear the future and our inevitable residence alongside them. And if ever there was a story that was tied to the importance of place? It's the story of the demon-possessed man from Gerasene. I'm Ben Avery, and this, with all due respect to Aaron Mankey, is Strangers and Aliens. Now, when I say this story is tied to place, I'm not just talking about the cemetery. Don't worry, there is a cemetery in this story, but there are other places of importance. And as we move from location to location in this story, one commonality is the emotion mentioned earlier. Fear. Fear is the driving force behind much of the action, which makes it appropriate that the climax of this story is in a cemetery and the sea. Now, what makes the sea a scary place is what lies beneath its surface. Not just the creatures, although those can bring terror, of course, but the sea itself is a monster that can swallow you and smother you and ultimately kill you. We use boats to carry us over the depths of the waters, but add a storm to your time on the surface, and suddenly you have a watery force above that can shake you off your tenuous place of safety into the watery force below. Or even worse, it can cause your safe vessel to be pulled down into the depths. Which brings us to the group of men we are going to be following who were in the middle of a storm, and they were frankly scared. Understandably so. But there was one man among them who was not scared. You've heard the story before. Jesus was actually sleeping, catching 40 winks as they traveled across the sea. When his 12 disciples woke him up, it was with fear in their voices. How can you sleep? They asked him. Why are you scared? He asked them. 
Then he turned and did the impossible. He spoke those immortal words. Peace be still. He said it to the winds and the rain, but I think he was also sort of saying it to the disciples, you know? The strange thing is, after Jesus did this, the disciples were still afraid. But this time, the fear came from not understanding who it was they shared the boat with. They were afraid of Jesus. Who is this person, they asked each other, that the wind and the waves obey him? The peace of the storm brought a new and different sense of fear. Then, later that evening, they left one scene of terror to go to another. This time it was a place that was mostly populated by Gentiles. It's hard to pinpoint exactly where they landed based on the information given in the three accounts that tell this story in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. What is known is that a big part of the economic livelihood of the place where they landed came from raising pigs. Now, if you know anything about Jewish culture, you probably know that pigs and their meat were unclean for them, a physical restriction placed on them by spiritual laws. As a result, needless to say, this was an area that was not popular to the Jewish people, not just because of what they were doing, but why. The pigs being raised in this area were being raised to supply and feed the Romans and their occupying army and governors. Near where they landed was a cemetery, already a place of fear, as we've noted, but this particular cemetery had an added element, a demon-possessed madman. The people of the region were afraid of him, so afraid they would use chains to bind him and keep him away from their people and their crops. In other words, to keep him away from their place. So he lived in his place, the cemetery, shunned and feared by his community and family. And it's understandable, based on the behaviors he exhibited. He lived among the tombs, screaming and wailing, running around naked, and cutting himself with sharp stones. Oh, and those chains I mentioned earlier? He routinely would break them and escape. The cemetery was his home, a place of death and decay, home to a man living a tormented life. This man saw Jesus after he disembarked from the boat. I imagine this man with his hair and beard still wet and matted from the rains of the storm as he screamed at the top of his lungs, What do you want with me, son of the most high God? When I put myself in the place of the disciples, who were themselves still figuring out who Jesus was, again, fear is the only word I can use. Not the same kind of terrified horror of the rocking boat, but instead a creeping terror in the pit of their stomachs. Clearly something was wrong with this man, and yet he identified Jesus, not just by name, but by title. Now the man was also driven by fear, or rather the demons within him were, for that knowledge of who Jesus was came from them. They were terrified. Now, I don't know much about actual demonology other than this. 
Much of what we know of biblical descriptions of the spirit world come from this interaction. But the demons within the man forced their physical vessel to his knees, asking Jesus if he was there to torture them before the appointed time and begging him not to. And when Jesus told the demons to come out of the man, they did not respond immediately. Instead, they bargained. What is your name? Jesus asked of the man. The man's reply is another phrase that now has a life beyond the confines and context of this story. I am legion, for we are many. Again, there is much to be unpacked here by people far smarter than me, but that's not what's important in the exploration of this story. Rather, again, we see fear and place. And so a bargain was sought. The demons begged Jesus not to send them out of this area, not to send them to the abyss, the bottomless pit described in Revelation as the final destination for Satan and the other fallen angels, and certainly a place to be feared by them. And they begged Jesus to send them into the pigs that were nearby. Go, Jesus said. There were about 2,000 of these pigs. They were calmly eating and rolling in the mud one moment, and the next moment they were furiously running around. The frenzied herd eventually stampeded, if pigs can stampede, down a steep embankment and into the waters of the sea, the same waters that Jesus had calmed earlier that day. Then Jesus and his disciples dressed the man and spoke with him. I wish we knew what the conversation had been like between Jesus and that man, but here is where the story takes a surreal turn. Yes, I know, it's already had a couple surreal turns. But you see, the people of the village had heard what had happened. The people tending the pigs had run off and told them. And as they came, they saw the man who every time they bound him with chains, he broke free. They saw the man who screamed at them from the tombs. They saw the man who mutilated his body with rocks. They saw the man who struck fear in their hearts, sitting calmly with Jesus. And they were afraid. Now it was their turn to beg, begging Jesus to leave the area. The man also begged Jesus as Jesus got into the boat with his disciples, begged him to come with him. Jesus said no and told the man to tell everyone what had been done for him, which he did. And so two situations with two similar outcomes, a boat tossed by a tempest and a life lived in turmoil. Deliverance from the raging storm and deliverance from violent spirits. And fear in response to the power and authority that brought peace to both situations. But I wouldn't be too hard on the people who shared this emotion. The villagers clearly did not have an understanding of who Jesus was, although they would find out more as their fellow countrymen, the former demon-possessed man, would no doubt share not only his story with them, but also the things he learned while sitting at Jesus' feet. And as for the disciples, when they were in the boat with Jesus and he calmed the storm, they may have been terrified by his power. But when Jesus left at the request of the people of that area, the disciples got back into the boat with him. They may have been terrified by what they experienced, but they wanted to know what experiences were coming next.
I hope you enjoyed this episode of Strangers and Aliens. I enjoyed making it mainly because it was fun to create a podcast in the style of another podcast I really enjoy. And you just might enjoy it too. You may have heard my apologies to Aaron Mankey at the beginning of this episode, and the reason is, well, I chose to pattern the style of storytelling for this episode after his fantastic podcast about strange and interesting stories and events from history and from around the world called Lore. If you like tales about weird creatures, ghost stories, folklore, and just plain unusual happenings, you will probably enjoy Lore. Check it out. This was episode 266 of Strangers and Aliens. If you're just finding us, you can find our back catalog of episodes at strangersandaliens.com. We have discussions of spiritual topics, movie reviews, and the occasional experimental episode like this one. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangersandaliens, and on Twitter, where we are at strangeandalien. And until next time, as always, thanks for listening, and Godspeed.